Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. We end today with amputee soccer. It's what it sounds like, a version of soccer that's been modified slightly so that it's accessible for people who have one leg or, in the case of goalies, one arm. It was created in Seattle in the 1980s, but it's been gaining popularity in recent years with teams and conferences across Asia, the Americas, Europe, and Africa. A clinic in Portland on January 13th will allow prospective players to learn the basics of the game and to tap out their skills. Tree Williams is on the staff of the U.S. Women's National Amputee Soccer Team. She's helping to organize the upcoming Portland Clinic. She joins us now, along with Katie Bondi, a high school science teacher from Ohio who is a player on the U.S. Women's National Team. Welcome to you both. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Katie, first, when did you first start playing amputee soccer? Uh, I started playing amputee soccer back in... Uh, January of 2023. So I'm a pretty recent amputee. So I had my amputation back in May of 2022. About a year and a half ago. And and within just just over six months of that, that's when you started playing. Uh, Correct. When you had your amputation a, a year and a half ago, what did you imagine you'd be doing in terms of physical activities or organized athletics? Uh, So I'm kind of the oddball when it comes to uh, the amputee community. I've been disabled all my life. So having the amputation was actually a blessing in disguise. It helped me with having actually a lot less pain. So the amputation with my prosthetic has actually provided me with a lot more mobility. So I just had to have that waiting period of the healing to then actually be able to walk a lot better. Twee Williams, how did you first get involved in amputee soccer? Um, I actually heard about all ability sports only last year. Um, I speak at conferences on coaching, and there was a, another speaker there that was talking about all ability sports and things that you know everyone can do. And uh, so when I came home to Portland, I started looking into, do we have that here? Um, And we don't have much. So um, we do have a couple small organizations that are trying to build that up. Um, And then kind of through that, I heard about amputee soccer. And I I played soccer all my life. So I love amputee soccer because it's as close to regular soccer as you can get. Can you describe the the basics of the rules? Sure. Um, It's basically the same rules. We don't have offsides. Everybody's on a uh, everybody on the field is on, in, on a crutch. You have to have a one-inch, uh, they call it, difference in your leg. So um, that will make you eligible to play. Uh, and then goalies have one arm, usually. So um, it's pretty much the same rules except for offsides. If the ball hits your crutch, though, it is a hands ball. So that's that's the big thing. So it's, you have to be a little more agile. It's a lot faster Um People can move on those crutches. It's amazing to watch. I, I, I've watched some videos in the last couple of days, and it's extraordinary. I guess I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I had never seen people on crutches move as quickly, just running down the field with a level of agility that's more than I have with, with my two legs. Katie, can you describe what it's like to play it? Uh, it's kind of just how, like, when you when you watched it so it's 
kind of just playing with three limbs. So with the forearm crutches, we really have to rely on our shoulders. And because we don't have the opposite foot to kind of balance, it's what we use the forearm crutches for. When we kick the ball, we can only kick the ball with the limb that we have. So we really have to focus and, you know, be able to kick the ball basically however we can with only one foot. Playing is amazing. Uh, just being able to run on forearm crutches, it's so much fun. Uh, with my able-bodied friends, they when they try to play, it's really funny when they're like, wow, like this is actually really hard. And I'm just like, no, it's just fun. Like Everyone, I think, needs to try it. Well, I imagine, I mean, what did it take for you to get just your upper body in shape, um, have it to be strong enough that you could even compete at this level? It, it seems to require an immense amount of upper body strength. Well, we are, we are very fortunate with um, the U.S. Soc- uh, amputee soccer team. We have great trainers uh, that provide us different workout plans that we can do. And, you know, with people that have amputations of the lower body, with our rehab, our physical therapists that we work with help us um, kind of utilize our upper body as well. Now, this is played without prosthetic legs, right? Even though I I assume, is it fair to say that, that many, if not most of the players in their everyday lives use prosthetics? Um, I would say it's about 50-50. So I'm a below-the-knee amputation, so I use my prosthetic um, probably 90% of the time. But for above the knees or if, uh, people that have you know, part of their hip uh, missing, uh, actually forearm crutches or wheelchairs provide more mobility for them because the prosthetics are very cumbersome and heavy. Hmm. So it kind of just depends on the person. Twee, I mentioned that that this sport, as I understand it, it uh, it started in Seattle uh, back in the 1980s, but it really does seem to be gaining momentum right now. What's happening around the world? We had the first Men's World Cup um, in 20, uh, 2022, um, and then we're having the first Women's World Cup th- this year in November. So uh, it it's kind of sparked the imagination of people who never thought they could play a sport or could not play soccer again. Um, we've we've had a lot of veterans that are getting involved because you know they lost a, a limb and and uh, are now like I can do this sport and so it's really catching on um, worldwide. We you know people injured in wars and things like that. The, the numbers are increasing and so this is a sport they can play and it takes you know it's, it takes athletic you know ability. It's not just you know just throwing ball, it's it's a lot of work. And so they're they're getting back into a sport and they love it. So hmm. and when you that's interesting because what you're when you're saying that it takes a lot of work, that's actually um, one of the draws mm-hmm. for the people you're describing, yes. veterans or whoever. The the fact that it's hard is a feature, not a bug. Yes. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking right now with Twee Williams, who's on the staff of the U.S. Women's National Amputee Soccer Team. Katie Bondi is a player on the team. She is also, when she's not playing amputee soccer, a high school science teacher in Ohio. Twee, um, U.S. Amputee Soccer had a clinic in Portland in August of 2023, just what, something like four months ago. Um, That was the first one. What was it like? It was awesome. <laughs> we actually had way more uh, volunteers than players, 
But the volunteers spent the entire day learning what amputee soccer was. And so they got a passion for it. And most of them are coming back to help with this one. Um, this one, we have a lot more um, athletes signed up already. Uh, we, we just opened uh, signups and we already have quadruple <laughs> what we had last time signed up. So we're quite excited about this one. Yeah. What can people expect on January 13th? So uh, we actually have two of the people that started amputee soccer back in the 80s are coming to help with this. So we're excited about that. Uh, Red, Ed Rosenthal was on the men's national team. He'll be doing the clinic, uh, the sports side of it. And then uh, Dee Malko, Malkovich is also coming. Um, and she's she, she and Ed basically help start the program. So um, both of them will be coming. Dee will be talking about her 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 story of being an amputee and and both of them will be talking about how you know they they be, uh, got into the sport um we'll have clinics so we'll have uh probably split everybody up by those that are, are uh, have done it before and those that are beginning we have a lot of kids coming to this one so we've got uh, kids crutches that are being uh, donated for the day um and so we're just gonna learn what it is have some fun and we'll end the day with the scrimmage hmm. Is in in the back of your mind that it's possible someone's going to show up there, just just walk onto the field, um, who's actually going to join the national team and play in the World Cup next year? I mean, is is that is that possible, or is that just no, too much to hope that, for? That's my goal. It is. <laughs> it's my goal is to bring someone from Portland to play in the women's World Cup team next this year. Hmm. Yeah, that would be my goal because I can work with them between now and and actual tryouts in May. And uh, I am hoping we have someone from Portland on that team. Hmm. Katie, since you got into this, have you become a kind of Pied Piper who who wants to find other people to join you? Uh, Absolutely. I think that amputee soccer is great. I think that, and I know that a lot of people want to have an outlet and especially be a part of a community where others understand, you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally uh, where others have, like, what they've been through. So because I'm a recent amputee, I can talk to my other teammates and say, I'm feeling this right now. What did you do? And just having someone that has had that experience tell me and say this is what they did, that's something that community is very difficult to find and we have that community now. And being able to just, you know, broadcast that and say, you know, hey, if you're missing a limb, you know, come play soccer, you know, it's also a lot of fun. Am I right that you've played sports basically your whole life? Uh, Correct. Have you had an experience like this where you're on a team where you you share – this particular thing, being an amputee, in common? Uh, No. So I played lacrosse in college, but I was the only one with a disability. I've rock climbed, only one really with a disability, when I was climbing with other people. So, you know, not being the disabled person on the team is great because in the amputee soccer, everybody is disabled. So it's... For me personally, it's it's a great atmosphere to be around because when I was growing up, I was always looked at as the disabled person. Now I'm not. Hmm. What do you see as the, the barriers to joining this team? I mean, what does it take to do it? Or what? why might someone who is an amputee say, oh, it's not for me? 
I think the struggle right now is, or the barrier, uh, I actually qualified for APT soccer growing up. I had two inches of a limb difference. I just didn't know about it. So I think the more that uh, people know about the sport, uh, that's the first hurdle we need to get over. Just because awareness. Just awareness in general. Because if I knew about this when I was growing up, I'm not going to say my path would have changed. But just having that option of having a community, I'm pro- I probably would have taken more advantage of that as a child and you know, adolescent, early adult, um, and so on. Hmm. Tui, I see you nodding here. I mean, what what is your pitch to 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 young people that you meet, or or just or people of any age that um, that you think would be good candidates for this sport? Well, I know there are um, amputee kids that play soccer with their prosthetic until they're about ten to twelve, and then the sport gets too fast for them, and so then they quit. Um, we've got some parents that have contacted me that are so excited because their kids are going to be able to play soccer and they're to coming keep to the playing yes, game that they love already. Yes, and so you know, to be able to get out on a field for a lot of kids and adults that love soccer and then can take it back up, um, it's 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 amazing. It really is. It's, well, what has this meant for you as a coach? Um, well. I'm a disabled vet, so I can't play soccer anymore. And so uh, for me, this just excites me because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have so many veteran friends that are like, I can't play anymore because I lost my leg or my arm. They're all like so excited that they can, you know, take something up. And and there's it's not just a sport, but they could actually go to the nationals. They could go to the World Cup for the United States playing what they love. And that to me is is beyond exciting. Katie, are you going to the World Cup uh, in Colombia this fall? Uh, I hope so. I have to try out and oh, so the you, team in May. Uh, okay, so it's just it's it's the same old story that that like like this like the the, the non amputee soccer World Cup, you have to qualify for the team and you you haven't yet qualified. Uh, correct. I mean, I'm I'm training every day. I'm working on my my crutch skills, my foot skills, uh, my nutrition. So you know, here's hoping, but I, I, I'm not going to say yes. I'm going. Then I have to. I have to make the team. I'm 100. percent I have to make the team. Well, but be- fingers crossed. Our fingers as well. Congratulations. <laughs> Best of luck to you, and thanks very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Twee Williams, thank you as well. Thank you. Twee Williams is on the staff of the U.S. Women's National Amputee Soccer Team. Katie Bondi is a member of the team. She is also a high school science teacher. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk with Coast Guard veteran Christopher D'Amelio about what it was like to be in the Coast Guard at Cape Disappointment. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud at OPB and KLCC. I am Dave Miller. We will be back tomorrow. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Ray and Marilyn Johnson, and the Susan Hammer Fund of the Oregon Community Foundation.
so much of what we talk about on this show has to do with what's happening right now. But there's a lot of history behind these conversations. OPB's Salmon Wars podcast will give you insights into some of that history. It tells the story of one Yakima Nation family that's been fighting for salmon in the Columbia River across generations. Find Salmon Wars wherever you listen to podcasts.